Thanks for calling Discover. This is Anjali. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just got an alert for a strange charge on my card. No problem. We make sure you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases on your Discover card. Let's see. Did you purchase something from a t-shirt cannon store yesterday? Absolutely not. No, I already have like three. Zero dollar fraud liability guarantee. It pays to Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. It's time for the Press Box with Brad and John. Well, I can't believe it. 92 yards and Lindsey really got in a foot race. I broke my chair. I came right through a chair, a metal steel chair with about a five-inch cushion. I broke it. The booth came apart. The stadium, well, the stadium fell down. Now they do have to renovate this thing. They'll have to rebuild it now. The stone eyes are whole. Sedwell awaiting the slap. The spot. The kick is up. The kick is down. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20, they're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes they're coming the blue from the coat. Left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks into the end zone. Hunter Rimbo caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Rimbo, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead. Now, Brad Sinketh and John Hype with the press box on the roar. Good morning and welcome to the Press Box. Brad Singham here with Mike Vaughn on this Friday, a football Friday, the last time for a while. We'll be saying that February the 9th, 2024 here on The Roar, 105.5, 97.5, theroarfm.com, broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. And we got a show for you today. A lot of Super Bowl. We broke down a lot of the game yesterday. We talked maybe some of the bigger storylines that are going on. With this one on off the field kind of stuff, uh, legacies, big picture things. We'll get to some of that. Got some guests lined up for you as well. We got Tim Beret coming up in this hour. He is out in uh, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, so he will not be on the call tomorrow when the Clemson Tigers take on Syracuse up there in the dome uh, at noon. But Tim's going to join us to break down. Uh, what's going to be going out there? This is this is one of the bigger golf tournaments of the non-major season. And a lot of folks use this as sort of their lead-in to the Super Bowl. A lot of people don't want to watch Super Bowl you know, festivities and pregame and just all the hoopla. They'd rather you know watch an actual live sporting event. And so I think golf feels a really big need there. So we'll talk to Tim about that, plus get his thoughts on where that Tiger basketball team is coming out of that huge win in North Carolina on Tuesday and now heading up to Syracuse. Uh, for a huge one again. So we'll get to that coming up with Tim later on in this hour. 654-ROAR. You want to get it in with us. We'd love to hear from you today. It's a really, really big weekend, I think, in sports. And just not just the Super Bowl. There is a lot going on. And we'll highlight 
some of those things here on the show today. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing good, Brad. Great to be in with you on the press box today. Yeah. How did the Mickey Power Show go? It went well. We got good. the uh, got the weekend started off right this Friday morning early. It is it is early uh, for you. <laughs> uh, you were here in here at six a.m. and now sticking around for another three hours. Man, look at you going back to back on a uh, on a Friday. That's, hey, I love asking it. a lot out of you on a Friday. There, I love the opportunity. I might stick around a little bit longer. Who knows? Oh, oh, you're gonna fill in for for Ben Milstead for a little bit, maybe. We'll, no, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> well, John Height off today, so I appreciate you filling in and helping keep things running over there. Uh, on on that side of the glass and uh you looking forward to the super bowl is, it, is this a big weekend you, you consider know, this a big one we talked about that a little bit it's not it, as far as my favorite teams it you know i mean i'm gonna watch it i always watch it it'll be fun and we will probably have some family with us but um it, it's not the it's not the biggest game in in my mind you know from years past what would, would you like for this day to be considered a holiday so whether they either make Monday a day where everybody's off work or if they moved it to Saturday, you know, or just called it a holiday. Like what would you are you in favor of any of that? I mean, I understand the argument about having Monday off. I think Morgan Thomas said earlier this week he's already taken Monday off. A lot of people do. They say it's one of the least productive work days of the year in America. I do appreciate that the game time is a little bit earlier. I, I do appreciate that. I can't take those late night uh, West Coast game time. Eight o'clock start, eight, yeah. which really is about eight fifteen, maybe eight twenty five, maybe eight forty five, depending yeah. on. And then you got the the, ex, the extended halftime show, so yeah. that takes more time and all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, this is this is a long game. It's it's sort of a long night, but you're right. It still is over before usually before ten o'clock, in in most cases. Around at least around ten o'clock, they're wrapping up. So, yeah, that, I get, I, I get that. I, I mean, it's not to me ten o'clock is not too late to end a football game where you can't get them go to work in the morning. Now, that may depend on your your party plans and just how much how much uh, indulging you're doing during this game. But I think it's I think it'd be really cool if they did do something. There is a petition that they're trying to get congressional uh, involvement here to to give everyone Monday off or more, make it a national holiday of some sort. And, you know, I, I used to kind of scoff at that. Like, that's just silly. That's ridiculous. Man, the way the NFL keeps growing, the amount of attention it gets, the amount of people who are watching it, you know, do you? I mean, maybe one day in our lifetime they do declare the Monday after the Super Bowl a day off. I like these fake, holiday. these fake letters that circulate, you know, signed by coaches or signed by senators or whatever saying yeah. that, uh, we've granted the day off to this person. That's always fun. Would you rather have that or move it to Saturday if you had to make a change? You know, I wouldn't mind a move to Saturday, but that breaks with uh, Super Sunday tradition, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, NFL takes over so many days now. I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but it's it's increasingly. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the week one of this year in the NFL for 2024 season, they're going to be playing on Thursday, Friday, Sunday, and Monday. That Friday game is is out of the country somewhere, right? Brazil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles will be playing down there. So a new kind of football in Brazil. Yeah. Road trip. I didn't get the travel committee <laughs> on that. Uh, John's not here today. He's the chair of the uh, travel committee. He doesn't really do a whole lot, but he's still holding the position down. I still think that, though, 
this game is meant for Sunday. Sunday is NFL day. I just, I don't want to, Saturday would just feel very weird. Would it be convenient? Yeah. But I don't know that I like it. I, I, think, I don't know, maybe just the vibe. It would probably take half a decade or so to get used to it. You know, hey, we're not we're not gonna be around forever here. So <laughs> either either make the decision or don't, so I can get used to it. But the growth of the NFL and the way that it it commands mainstream, you know, television and media and and everything else, and the you know the amount of money that goes into you know the advertisements and now all the hoopla with it being in Las Vegas and sports betting and everything else. You know, 38 states have legal sports betting, so that's increasing some of the um, attention that this game gets. It's just, it's it's enormous and continues to grow, which is somewhat surprising, isn't it? That no matter what, the NFL just continues to grow. And they sort of took a little bit of a hit, you know, back during uh, COVID and back during some of the where they were taking some political stands, and I think that did turn some people off, and I think they realized it, and they toned some of it down a little bit. And now that you know that kind of calmed down, I think the NFL is just—it is an absolute machine that just will not quit churning. And so maybe one day we do get some sort of change to the schedule, change to when the game is played, or we get a national holiday. I don't know what you would call it. You know, there's some people who want to move President's Day back a week because President's Day is the following Monday. So why don't we just make President's Day right after the Super Bowl? Ah, that makes sense. Or let's let's just extend the NFL season another week. Make it, <laughs> <laughs> make it uh, extend the playoffs. Let's put more teams in. Let's add. That's what we do in college sports all the time. They're still trying to get more teams in the NCAA men's basketball tournament. That's right. You know, 64 was not enough. 68 is apparently still not enough. There's people out there that want more because uh, it's TV revenue. It's more you know, more excitement, more games, more eyeballs. But uh, maybe may we should extend this thing out an extra week. I, I don't know that I want that either. I don't that I need, as much as I love the NFL, I don't know that I need it going all the way into uh, late on the other side of uh, the middle of February. That seems like a long long time so, i don't i don't think they're gonna move president's day <laughs> are you prepared for post super bowl when you've got to wait until august for more football no i it's there's always just that sort of i don't know it's kind of a dragging feeling it's almost like you just, it's, a, it's a little mini sports depression for a couple weeks i know we've got college baseball starting up and college softball and there, there's things to entertain you for sure but they're also in the infancy of their seasons. You know, it's it's not warm outside, so you're not just dying to go sit out at a game. And so it just feels like there's this kind of dread that comes after the Super Bowl for about three weeks or so of just, oh, got to yeah. get through this slog. And then you get to March, and you got March Madness, and then the weather, you know, starts to, to perk up a little bit and, and increases, you know, the temperatures. And it's nice to be outdoors again. But, yeah, there is a little bit of that. That sort of depression, that kind of sport, little mini sports depression. Do you get that at all? Oh yeah, yeah, I feel that. And and uh, you know, then you get to April and you got Augusta National to look forward. To, yeah, so. and you get spring football, and then once May hits, it goes kind of, you know, unless you're a big Braves fan like you and I are, 
There's really not that much to keep up with. That's right. Hey, speaking of spring football, are you excited about professional football in the spring? See, I I am not anymore. (laughs) Uh, I I have given it more tries than I can count. Don't don't you smell what the rock's cooking, Brad? No, I well no, I'm I will I will not be able to smell it because I won't I won't even be anywhere near the kitchen. Uh, I I just don't care anymore about that stuff. I, I I've tried it, tried to get into it. It just didn't work. More power to people that want to do it. That's fine. I might tell people not to do something because I don't. Yeah. I don't believe in doing that. But it, I just I can't get behind it. It just is not for me. Are you in, interested in? No, that? I'm the same way. I I just I've seen the advertisements. I've I've seen Dwayne Johnson interviewed about it, and I just I don't know. It, I'm still skeptical that it can survive and and can uh, you know that they can be effective and in, in motivating people to watch, but. We'll have to see. It's a it's a whole new start for those guys. Really is. Uh, I I don't know that this. They, they have enough funding to make it for probably a couple of years, but I I don't know that this is something that's going to stick unless the ratings you know really dictate. And because networks want to keep those kind of leagues going if if they are being profitable, but I I don't have a lot of belief or faith that that's going to continue to be a thing. Uh, so we're. We're just a couple of days away from hitting a little bit of a slaw. That's, that's such a downer, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I started the show such a such a negative. I took thought. us down the wrong road there. Let's get back. We got a big game on Sunday to look forward to. Huge game on Sunday. Uh, are, do you have a team picked out you're pulling for or picking? I, They're two different things to me. But you know, I back in the day I pulled for the 49ers a little bit. Back in the days of Dwight Clark and Joe Montana and those guys and. I guess I would lean toward them. Um, the the Kansas City bias, you know, with them kind of being the new favorite team for a lot of folks. Uh, but I want to tell you, I, I'm I'm wanting to see what Brock Purdy does. I, I'm I'm interested to see. You know, he he seemed to surprise us a little bit in the NFC Championship, and if he can continue that the way he led his team in that game, um, I think the 49ers probably have the upper hand. Yeah, uh, I tend to agree with a lot of that. Actually, um, I don't. I don't think we thought he had that in him, and I don't. I think that some people have already kind of forgotten it. You know, like oh, that was two weeks ago. Brock Purdy played out of his mind in that game. If that was Pat Mahomes that had done that to rally from seventeen down, or Tom Brady, or I mean, oh, the 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 amount of attention it would get, it kind of died quickly with with Purdy. It was like, oh, what a comeback! Purdy led his team. All right, Mahomes in the Super Bowl again, you know? <laughs> like the, it just it didn't get a lot of really a lot of publicity or attention to the degree that it would have it been other quarterbacks. And I think some of that is people don't believe in Brock Purdy. I can't sit here and tell you that I one hundred percent do. You know, I've been kinda of on the fence with Purdy for a while now. I talked about it the other day when he was at Iowa State, I declared after his freshman year he was gonna be the next elite quarterback in college football. It was coming, he was gonna be elite. And he just never really got there. His yards per pass attempt went down significantly after his freshman year. And he had some some decent numbers, and he got his team all the way to uh, a New Year's Six Bowl. But they just he just didn't quite become an elite quarterback. And so, I, I don't know. I, I guess that built a little bit of a I don't trust him kind of thing. Mm. you know. And so and when he got to the NFL and he started doing some of this stuff, I'm going, I, I just don't know if I trust it. But there's some things he does really, really well, some things that he does I do not like. So, again, I'm I'm kind of just riding the fence with Purdy. I think tomorrow or uh, Sunday night will 
greatly shape and change how we look at Brock Purdy. One way or the other, he's either going to be, you know how the media is, Mike. You know how this goes. He's either the next Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, whatever you want to call it. People go way too extreme with this stuff. Somebody will say that, I promise you, if, if they win. Or he's just Jimmy Garoppolo mm. all over again, 2.0, if he throws three picks in the Super Bowl. I mean, that's just that's the extremes we go to. Oh, they need to go back to the draft. Go go get a quarterback. It's not pretty. You just went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but people will say that. You know, I mean, I, you know, to be fair, when I saw Garoppolo play in that Super Bowl against the Chiefs in 19, I said, uh, yeah, he's, that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to move on from him, and, and they eventually uh, decided to do so. 654 Roar, don't move on from us. we got a lot to do on a busy show. Tim Bray this hour. We'll be right back. Valentine's is approaching fast, so be ready for that special day. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center has everything that you need to look your best for your special date. Get anything from a haircut or neck trim to a seven-step facial shave. This modern classic barber shop has everything you need to look your best. Call 864-884-8920 for your next appointment. Or use the new Rooster's app to see more of the services they provide. Located on Pelham Road in Greenville. It's time to stop the debt collectors. It's time to get a fresh start. It's time to stop the foreclosures. Tax time is coming up. Time to do something for yourself. Time to get your fresh start. Come see Robert King for help. Call Robert King at 864-222-0200 or visit his website at www.thompsonking.com. Thompson & King is a debt relief agency. Robert King helps people file for bankruptcy relief under the bankruptcy code. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. Here at ATV Outfitters, we stock more ATV, UTV, motocross, and street bike products than anyone for hundreds of miles around. We have more than 10,000 tires and wheels on hand, and we pride ourselves on great prices and getting you the accessories you need fast. Come see us in the items that are readily available to get your vehicle ready for the street, trail, or mud pit. Don't buy elsewhere. We'll both lose money. Come by the store located at 2485 Rutherford Road, Greenville, or shop online at ATVOutfitters.net health insurance how can you possibly choose the right plan when there are 64 plans to choose from maybe you just turned 26 and need to buy insurance for the very first time maybe you just received a letter that your Medicaid is ending maybe you just lost benefits at work it can be overwhelming but it doesn't have to be give me a call at 864-467-8738 and check out our website, insure-u.com. You can check to see if your doctor's in the network or compare plans side by side. One size doesn't fit all. Let's make sure you have the right plan for you. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is The Insurance Source, and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Want to get your hands on the next big thing? At Verizon, 
New and existing customers can trade in their old Samsung phone, any model, in any condition, and get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with select unlimited plans. A better plan to save is Verizon. $999.99 device payment or a full retail purchase with new or upgrade smartphone line on unlimited ultimate or select 5G unlimited plan required. Less $1,000 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR. Powered by Upcountry Fiber, we are 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Providing fiber internet, HDTV, and phone service, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. Your home for Clemson women's basketball. 105.5 and 97.5. We are the Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the Roar, the press box, Brad and Mike on this football Friday, 924 a.m. Super Bowl Sunday is upon us, number 58. Between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, Allegiant Stadium, around 6.40 p.m. Sunday evening. Uh, looking forward to the festivities. Looking forward, I don't know. I, I I still treat this like it's it's a big deal. You know, I got, to me, the Super Bowl, the game is... is it, important like I watch the game like I, I care more about the game and I don't care about the commercials nearly as much or the halftime show I, I'm into the game but I like just having the idea of making it a a festive kind of day like it just feels different than a normal Sunday do you like a loud room with lots of people or do you like you know like Mickey like you want to be the only one so you can focus in on what's going on it depends on the game uh for instance this year I don't. I don't really care. Like I'll, I'll probably be around a few people. Not not a large number. And, I, and I've been to some huge, you know, parties with too many people there. I think, where no, like everybody just talks during the plays, and then the second they go to commercial break, everybody shuts up. You know, it drives me <laughs> nuts. I, I don't do those. I, I, gotcha. I, I don't go to those kind of parties anymore. Uh, but I, I'll have a few people. Probably watch with a few people. But uh, yes, I'm. I'm dialed in the game. Uh, if, if this was like, if this was my team. Washington Commanders, <laughs> yeah, like they're going to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, but if it were, I'd probably watch this in a dark room by myself with no one around. <laughs> you may have covered this. Are you sold on the Commander's name? On the name? Yeah, no. I mean, are you sticking with that, or you want to no. go back to? No, well, they're not, they're never going back. Uh, they'll they'll end up changing it, and I'm I'm fine with that. I got you. Uh, I, I think they kind of have to. Not there's a a rule or a law or something, but just to flush everything out of the Dan Snyder era, I think they need to do another name change at some point. So I, I think guess you you and Mark Childress and my friend Moses Poe are the three Washington football fans that I that I still know. Well, we have one on the text line. They just got in a few minutes ago. Ah. Adam Cobra from text line. Uh, wanted to know why in the bleep, 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 and they used bleep, not anything else there, <laughs> did the commanders hire Dan Quinn? I, I The only answer I can give you for that is that Dan Quinn is considered now like a very high-energy, uh, very upbeat, you know, positive person. Like, he's going to come in, he's going to work hard every day, he's going to expect excellence from the players, he's going to... He's going to be a good leader. He's going to, uh, you know, cheerlead a little bit. Like, and, and he's going to be 
a positive person to be around in the building. And that's about where the good stuff ends. Because I, I just don't know if he can coach a lick. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. When Falcons went to the Super Bowl, he was the, the head coach at that he point. He was the head coach. Yeah. Shanahan was the – Kyle was the offensive coordinator. Ah. Kind of made everything go. And, of course, they you know blew a 28-3 lead. Yes. Oh, sorry, you're most Falcons fans. Yes. Uh, 28-3 lead to the Patriots. Uh, Shanahan ends up you know leaving and moving on and going to San Francisco where he's coaching on Sunday in the Super Bowl. But uh, Quinn is a like, – I. As far as just a person goes, I have nothing against Dan Quinn whatsoever. I just don't think I don't know if he could be a head coach. I don't know how much more of an upgrade he is than Ron Rivera. Now Ron Rivera couldn't I mean he couldn't coach at all by the end of the when it was all said and done. He has way more losing seasons. There's more more bad seasons than good years. Uh Quinn sort of fits that same kind of mold though. And so I am a little concerned that his coaching acumen and abilities will hurt the franchise. But I'm I get why they hired him. I just don't think it's going to work. I think it's short-term. I think they needed somebody to come in and be what I just said, a high-energy, positive person, you know, an infectious attitude throughout the building, get everybody on the same page. And if they're, you know, 5 and uh, 12, 5 and, you know, 5 and 12 in two years from now, he's gone. Just that, that's just, it'll be a results business in the end. But it's sort of a, Almost like you're bridging a gap because they the guys that they really wanted they didn't get and and why not Belichick there? Yeah, I think Belichick wants too much. Mm. I think I think Belichick wants to still be the number one guy in the building. Like everything sort of runs through him, sort of like college coaching. You know, there wasn't a single decision made at Alabama that Nick Saban didn't know about, right? There's not a single thing that goes on over there at Clemson that doesn't run through Dabo Sweeney. I, I can assure you. And so I think Belichick still has that mentality. And I think that just turned a lot of owners off. And I think Belichick wants to continue to bring in his people and do it his way. And that way did not work. Did not work in the last four years in New England. And he's not somebody you're going to bring in for, to, to put in your 10-year plan for a head coach either. I mean, probably he's 72, not. right? Probably 71, not, yeah. 72. He, I mean, to be honest, Mike, for lack of a better way of saying it, he's going to have trouble playing with others. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he just is. He just is. You're, if you're an owner and you give it, you're committing to Belichick. You're not hiring a head coach. You're committing to a way. And a philosophy. And I just think the owners at this stage were a little turned off in that idea. And I think, you know, there's no, there's nothing to verify or back this up, but I think he wanted to bring in a lot of the same coaches he's been, you know, pulling pulling around for years in New England with Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia and, and uh, all these guys that just, just flopped whenever they weren't with Bill Belichick. And flopped at times in New England with Bill Belichick. And so I think that that was, that was sort of a sticking point, I think, with a lot of owners. I, I do question whether his methods are, are hireable. I mean, I, plain and simple, there was a lot of jobs open. There always are in the NFL. Always a lot of jobs open. And someone might be desperate enough next year to go against kind of how they want to run things. To me, the... 
the plays where Belichick could could work in terms of how he operates, honestly, I think is in Dallas. That might sound like oh, he would never work with Jerry Jones. I no, I think Jerry Jones is the kind of person he would work with because I think Jones would give him the keys. He did it with with Parcells. You know, he's he's he did it with um uh, you know other coaches. I I think he would allow Belichick to be Belichick, but I don't think he wanted to move off of the direction of that organization and Mike McCarthy and everything that they were doing because they are still saddled with Dak right now. And I don't think it, to him it made it maybe just didn't make any sense to do that. And who knows? They're kind of there may have been back channeling. There may have been conversations. Hey, if I were to get rid of McCarthy, if there were an opening, would you be interested in this? And maybe Belichick looked at it and go, nah, it's not really my time to be in Dallas, which is fine uh, if, that, if that was what he decided. But I just don't think he is in a – I mean, it sounds crazy to me. I mean, it does, but I understand the industry and the business of the league. I know a lot of people hate Belichick and think he just absolutely stinks now, but I don't think it's that. I think it's the changes of how NFL franchises are run, and he just doesn't fit the mold anymore. And that might keep him from getting a job. He may just end up having to ride off into the sunset alone. <laughs> that sounded so bad. <laughs> like he's just there's just nothing out there for him anymore. Uh, we'll see next year though. If he, it, Mike, if he goes next year without a job, he's done. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't think he was kicking the tires on him at that point. Six five four roar. You want to get in? We had a couple folks get in about the uh, national holiday idea. Uh, some said, you know, mentioned moving President's Day weekend or moving the NFL season a little bit to get some of that. As I, as I was mentioning, I think I think that is not a not a terrible idea. Another texter said they need to play it on Saturday. Um, I could I could see that being an option. It just feel very very weird to me. Uh, another texter, President's Day is meant for the day after Daytona 500. <laughs> Yeah, that that is uh, the Super Bowl for for NASCAR fans. Uh, another texter got in and said they're they're mad they're going to have to watch the game. Uh, are you are you ever in that boat? Like, do you do you just not want to watch it? Because if you don't want to watch the game, I I would find a way not to watch the game. I mean, yeah, we got some folks angry because they have to watch a football game. Come on, it's the last opportunity, it's the last chance. And and you mentioned the Daytona Five Hundred. It's like uh, racing or NASCAR has their Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. Instead of at the end of the season? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, I, I I used to watch a good bit of races. Well, I'll say this, Brad. I, I would watch the beginning, and then I would nap, and then I'd try to wake up in time to catch the end. No, that, that's everybody. I mean, so, sometimes that's unintended. That's right. <laughs> sometimes you're just watching the race, and you end up napping. I, I used to never miss the Daytona 500. Never. Never even thought I would. there would be a day where I didn't watch it. I can't remember the last time I watched the race. You know, I, I maybe some people were that way with the NFL at this point, but I still think the NFL product is is high level. I still think it's a superior, uh, you know, consumer product. So I still I still partake in it, but I have not I have not watched the Daytona 500 start to finish in probably at least a decade now. Six five four roar. You want to get in with us? What you doing for the big game? Anybody got any huge plans? Throw any big parties? Any uh, Anything Mike and I can be invited to? No, I'm kidding. 
Yeah, we're. Uh, I tried to get John to host this on his front lawn, but he he wasn't in the mood for it. So we'll have to try again next year uh, with that. But um, should be fun. Should be good. I I still think Mike. It's the game still matters enough, but I like when fringe fans get involved in sports. So for some reason, people think that's a terrible thing. You know, like I'm a diehard. I always want diehards to watch this. Why? Like with college football, there's more fringe college football fans than there ever have been. The ratings dictate that, and I'm I'm fine with that. You know, like I fringe fans help keep a sport healthy. You know, I know we think you got to be a diehard, and if you're not a diehard, then then don't watch my sport. I mean, people say that kind of stuff, and it blows my mind. Like we need fringe fans. We need people who maybe only watch a couple games a year. It's better than no games a year. I think it helps the the health of of these sports. All right, let's go to the phone lines. Six five four roar. Michael and Greenwood's up next. Hey, Michael. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I'm one of these guys. I don't really hate the NFL. I've got to where I don't watch any professional sports. Really? Uh, I'm just. I just have no desire to watch it anymore. I haven't watched an NBA game since Bird retired. Um, I haven't watched the NFL game since 2015 at least. And this weekend I will be down at my in-laws' house because my wife's helping her brother with some things. So I'm driving down tomorrow morning. And, of course, my brother-in-law, all his kids will be there. And there'll, there'll be a lot of good food and you know laughter and stuff, but, the game itself is just, it's lost its luster. It's just, I guess I'm just tired of the spoiled brats who money is never enough. And I, you know, and slowly college football is becoming the same thing, sadly. And I love college football. But we'll just have to see how the future goes with uh, um, college football. Yeah, you're, you're you're right about that. Thanks for the call, Michael. I, I appreciate you getting in. We don't know how the sport is going to, to turn people off. We we think it probably will, and I think it already start has started to a degree. And that's that's a that's a big concern. And that's <laughs> it's one of the reasons these networks need the fringe folks to stay around because there are going to be some diehards. I think that start to fall off from college and kind of take that. You know, I I don't I don't know that. That I feel like there are there spoiled brats in pro sports. Yes, are there spoiled brats in collegiate sports? One hundred percent. But I don't. I, I still think these guys, especially in the NFL, like a lot of these guys, winning really does truly matter. You know, and I know they they all want to make their money. They all gotta get, and to a certain degree, I don't blame them because the shelf life in the pros is is short in the NFL. Like you just don't have a lot of years to play. And so you got to get your money in when you can. I understand it, but I still think there's a there's a huge desire out there to be good in the NFL. If there wasn't, I think you'd see guys getting guys get flushed out all the time in that league, all the time, for not having that. And so I I understand, you know, I think I think that applies maybe a little more to the NBA. I think you do see that in the NBA because it's smaller rosters, and you know, guys can get away with more. Guys sort of run their franchises. You know, LeBron dictates the Lakers. Durant dictates who gets traded. You know, the Bucks had their coach fired in the middle of the season despite a, you know, 33 wins or whatever, 30 wins, whatever it was, to start the year. Like, it's just insane to me uh, how the the NBA 
dynamics work. Uh, I, I still don't know that it applies all that much to football for me. Uh, baseball, some, but it's still, baseball is a kid's game. You know, there's a lot of those guys. That's why I appreciate guys like Ronald Cunha Jr. And, you know, even to a gross degree, Bryce Harper. Because I think, I think that even though they get paid, I think they really do care about the game. Yeah. And helping, you know, helping advance the game. Six five four. When we come back, Tim Beret is going to join us live from a different time zone. Right for this, don't go anywhere. For over 36 years, Little John Portable Toilets has proudly served the upstate. From construction to special events, Little John Portable Toilets has you covered with worry-free toilet service, delivered, cleaned, and sanitized, serving the upstate and further when possible. Portable toilets, handicap, hand wash stations, holding tanks, executive restroom trailers. And if you have a question, we have a live person to talk with. Little John, family owned and operated. 800-499-5667 and at littlejohntoilets.com. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels, municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you. If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. We're talking with Eric Snyder of Snyder Tree Care. Do bugs directly affect the health of our trees and shrubs? The short answer to that is yes. So we have a very, very targeted program to take care of the bad bugs, but to leave the beneficial bugs alone. We have a real problem with a bug called an ambrosia beetle. It'll drill into your tree and eventually kill it. So we can prevent that simply with a preventative bore spray. Leave it to Schneider Tree Care. Hey guys, it's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I thought about it many years. And then I did it, dropped big pounds, and never looked back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start PhD. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call PhD because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. When you wake up well-rested on a great mattress, everything becomes clear. Huh, I do make everything about me. Things you missed when you were tired finally reveal themselves. My passport is in the pocket of the duffel bag I took to Mexico. At Mattress Firm, we know the right mattress matters. We also know that price does too. So if you see a lower price somewhere else, we'll match it. Plus, you get free and fast delivery. Shop in-store or online at mattressfirm.com. 
The right mattress matters. We'll find yours. Restrictions apply. See store or website for details. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. Back here live on the roar, the press box for Brad and Mike today on this football Friday. We're going to talk golf, basketball, and a lot more. We've got Tim Bray this segment, Jason Priester, hour two. Talk some Clemson, uh, baseball, and recruiting. And then also coming up in hour three, Mark Whiteman will make his return to the press box. First time in 2024. Look forward to catch up with, with Mark from WYFF News 4. Get you ready for the weekend. Helping us do that right now is Tim Bray, who's out there in one of my favorite cities in America, Scottsdale. I guess Phoenix area, uh, but Scottsdale is the place to be. How you doing today, Tim? Well, I'm doing fine. Yeah, the course is actually in uh, Scottsdale, but uh, we might as well have been playing this tournament in South Bend, Indiana yesterday because <laughs> the weather was terrible. Yeah, a lot of uh, rain. Uh, it's looked cold. It looked dreary. What's what's it like? Is it going to improve any? And wh- how is the course holding up? Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, you know nice and sunny today, and I think it's I think we're going to avoid any rain uh, today. But it's it's pretty cold. I'm, uh, it's supposed to get to sixty by the end of the day, but right now I think it's just forty five, forty six degrees. They're supposed to start playing. 8.30 local time, 10.30 your time. Oh, man. Uh, that, that's not that what you go for. Yesterday. We had a, yeah. a three-hour uh, three delay yesterday due to weather, which you usually don't see in Phoenix. Absolutely. Uh, the Waste Management Open in Phoenix, this is one of the big, big. Uh, I, I, to me, it's one of the biggest non-majors of the year just because, one, it falls on, on Super Bowl weekend. You know, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a prelude for a lot of people who don't want to watch the uh, the excessive amount of uh, pregame coverage for the Super Bowl, flip over and watch NBC Sports. Who you're working for this week? Uh, what what are you? What's what's your assignment this week over there at the Phoenix Open? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I sit in the uh, 18th tower with the other announcers, and uh, uh, you know, just you know, follow all the stats and everything, look things up, and uh, and. Uh, Give them some uh, notes on the players or the uh, the course itself. You know how the 16th hole is playing, uh, uh, or just you know, like for instance, uh, one note they used yesterday. Uh, Shane Lowry had a good, really good round yesterday. He shot 67, and he usually hadn't played very well. Here, his last five rounds, his stroke average was 74.3. So, just stuff like that that I uh, that I uh, look up. I'll, do some stuff with Brad Faxon and um, and you know the other announcers too. We're all it's it's not like it used to be where you'd be out on the course at the different mm-hmm. holes. They've consolidated everybody in one big tower at the 18th oh, hole. Wow. Tim, you've been to a lot of sporting events. You've been to a lot of you know great football venues. What is it like at the Waste Management Open? We we see the the party atmosphere from the crowd. How does it compare? To, to football environments. <laughs> it's like having three football games go on at the same time wow. between 16, 17, and 18. I mean, they've really, you know, created a stadium atmosphere. Obviously, it started at 16, but it's really kind of that way at 17 and uh, and 18. 
And, you know, they don't release, <laughs> interesting, they don't release um, attendance uh, total. Smart. But the last Smart. time they did was in 2018. at 718,000 people here for the week, uh, you know, well over 100,000 uh, a day. So it, it is a crazy atmosphere. It's a football atmosphere. Um, and uh, it's uh, people enjoy it. People come from all over. When I flew out here, I flew. A lot of the people sitting next to me in the plane were from Charlotte. They were just coming out for this tournament from Charlotte. Man, yeah, it's 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 turning into quite the event. I think that's obviously to me, Phoenix is a great place, but the the venue, the uh, the course, uh, the surrounding area, it, it's sort of kind of the ideal. I mean, you go to a lot of golf courses in a lot of places. It's not one of the more ideal locations, just in terms of of logistics and things to do, and in the course itself. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, a lot. Of, they and they do a good job of um, the local people who run it. You know, they, like they had a concert last night after it was over. They're going to have a concert, I think, on Saturday night. You got the Phoenix Suns playing last night against Utah. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's other things, uh, other things to do. But it just seems that most of the people just come to, uh, you know, the party that, I mean, the people at the 16th hole is just to have all these luxury skyboxes uh, that they build right there. It's a, it's a pretty amazing atmosphere. Yeah. All right, uh, Tim, a couple of things here on the Phoenix Open before we move over to um, some college basketball. Tell us what happened with Lucas Glover yesterday. We, we this, sort of, this story kind of came out right when we were on the air. So can you recap uh, what happened with, with Lucas and what this means for the former Clemson golfer? Well, you know, the exact, you know, specifics, I'm not really sure, but somehow uh, there was confusion on uh, on his tee time. And Lucas had never missed a tee time in 20 years on the PGA Tour. But somehow there was confusion either between him and his caddy or, the, or whatever as to when his tee time was. And uh, I... I Heard that he he thought he was going late, early as opposed to early, late. Um, but yeah, I just don't know how that uh, got messed up because he wasn't even at the course when he was. You know, he got called like a minute or two before the tee time, like "Where are you?" and he was still in the hotel. Oh, man. So he obviously thought he had an afternoon uh, tee time, and so I don't know if he was given some wrong information or or what. And uh, he, you know, obviously was. Apologetic and didn't didn't mean to miss his tee time and uh, uh, and he's played well out here so that I know that was uh, disappointing for him. Any other Clemson golfers in the field this week? Yeah, Ben Martin is uh, playing. He got five holes, in, six holes in yesterday, and he was one under through uh, six, so he was off to a good start. And Carson Young actually was. One of the 66 players who finished yesterday, and he shot an even par 71. So that was a good, a good start for him. I know he was glad to uh, to get the round in. Now he, he'll probably start his second round uh, this afternoon, but he won't he won't finish. What time are they? Local time are they getting back on the course to to finish things up for the first round? Eight thirty local time, and then ten thirty uh, your time. Mm, so Ethan Gallo television the coverage. To TV coverage is uh, starting at through. Let's see, three thirty your time, one thirty out, out here. We'll, we'll probably go to about uh, eight fifteen tonight oh. on the golf channel. 
Good deal. Try to watch some of this one today and get ready for the weekend. It's always a fun event, especially on that Sunday. It's a great lead-in to the Super Bowl and see Thagala leading the field right now at six under par. So we'll keep up with that. Uh, Tim, you are a man that travels to many places. You were in Chapel Hill, North Carolina on Tuesday, site of Clemson's second ever win in the Dean Dome. What was that like? I, I Honestly, I can't worry about what the atmosphere was like. How, how would you describe uh, the, the North Carolina home crowd, especially in the final uh, seconds of the game? Yeah, well, first, of course, they were they were shocked at the beginning. I thought it was very important that Clemson jumped out to the lead and did 15-2 to two at, at six of our first uh, seven shots because, uh, you know, all those Tar Heel fans were just in a terrific mood after beating uh, Duke and uh, and they just settled in to, to, see another, uh, to see another Tar Heel victory. And, um, you know, the Tigers just came out like gangbusters and, you know, when we won four years ago, it came down to the last shot. Uh, but for me to look down with, uh, I think it was 16 seconds to go and we're up seven, uh, you know, people got up and were walking out. I thought, well, this is the first time in history that a North Carolina crowd was walking out early from <laughs> from a game against North Carol- against Clemson. And um, that's what, uh, you know, ended up happening. But it was a terrific uh, performance. Um in so many areas, you know, to have just five turnovers uh, on the road at North Carolina was uh, that was uh, certainly huge, and made eleven three pointers. That was that was something that we needed to do. We hadn't done a lot this year, and um, and we defended pretty well too. You know, North Carolina shot just thirty six point five. I think it was their third lowest field goal percentage of the year. Tim was on the call with Don Munson there on Tuesday night in Chapel Hill. Going into the game, though, Tim, did you have any belief the Tigers were going to win this? I, I mean, I, it was hard to build a case based on how North Carolina had been playing, how Clemson had been playing. It just felt inevitable, like so many other trips up there. Did you ever get a sense, being around the team, being around Brownell, that maybe this year was going to be different? Well, I, had a, I mean, in traveling with them, I could see that, you know, they were in a good frame of mind. Did I honestly think that, that Clemson could win that game? No, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't because, I mean, let's just, just look at it. They, they, I mean, they ranked North Carolina was ranked third. When we went up there before, North Carolina was unranked, and they were kind of a 500 team back in uh, in 2000 when we won. Uh, but, you know, this, this team had just beaten a top-10 Duke team at an 10-game winning, they only lost one conference game, and like I said, ranked third in the country. And uh, knowing history that I do at Clemson, I knew that Clemson had not beaten a top-three team on the road on their home court uh, since 1976. Uh, and that's uh, that's a bunch of years, and we had lost 37 straight to ranked North Carolina teams in Chapel Hill. So I, uh, you know, I thought we, you know, we would play well and compete, but. Uh, I thought it was going to be real tough to get a bit of victory, but they uh, but they pulled it out. And I would like to mention you. Know, I did sit down at some of the meetings at the hotel, and uh, Brad did, did a terrific job of showing the team, you know, the things that they did well in the first game, and really sold them out that they, you know, they had a chance to win this game. At the same time, being Brad is always realistic about things that he says, and so I think he has good credibility with his team when he talks to them before uh, 
before a game. So I think his uh, the mental preparation uh, from the coaching staff was was really good going into this game. In terms of how it how it played out, and and what was this was this one of the best games you've seen them play? I mean, obviously you beat number three team. It's supposed to be probably one of your best. But what do you, did you feel like they played? Their best game as maybe a complete team. I thought they got contributions from so many guys. It looked similar to the way they played in November and December, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and the win at you know the win at Florida State. We had a lot of contributions. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly off the uh, off the bench. Um, you know, as you as you look at it though, Clemson really could have played better. We didn't shoot forty percent from the field. You figured you're going to tell me we. We won a game in Chapel Hill. He said, well, we shot 55%, knocked down 11 of 15 threes or something like that. But yeah, neither team shot 40%. Obviously, we had that hot start. So really, after, after the first five minutes of the game, we only shot 33% the rest of the game wow. and and still won. And uh, you know, we were able to compete in the backboards with them. I think it was just a one rebound uh you know differential we did have more offensive rebounds which was huge because usually north carolina gets a ton of offensive rebounds um you know so i mean it was a great win but really i've seen clemson play better this year i thought we played better uh you know against alabama maybe against tcu um so you know there's even some room for uh for growth there so to speak Boy, that Alabama win just keeps looking better and better. Uh, I know they, they lost seven nights. All As them, does the South Carolina win. Yeah, that's another one that continues to help the resume. So good good fortunes there as opposed to last year <laughs> when it felt like every week it was just, you know, the quad four losses got worse. You know, they looked even worse and worse. So uh, things are things are, are helping Clemson out that's even beyond their control this year. Lastly, we'll let you run, Tim. Uh, the game at Syracuse tomorrow at noon uh, what, what's the key for the Tigers in this one? It's, you know, a, a Bayhamless Syracuse. Well, you know, Joe Girard's going to be under, you know, I think a lot of pressure going back home there. But what does what that game, what would the Tigers have to do to win that game tomorrow? Yeah, one, one crazy note on Joe Girard. You, you realize he needs just 18 points to hit 2,000 for his career. So wouldn't it just be amazing that he hit, his, hit 2,000 points at Syracuse where he scored 1,400 of those uh Whatever it was in his, uh, you know, in his career, I, I, you know, I think defensively we're going to have to stop um, penetration from Mintz. Mintz is a guard who averages 18 points a game, but he doesn't shoot many threes. He's only made five threes in the last ten games. Um, and JJ Stalding is a guy who's a, you know, a big guard who's, who's a penetrator. So. Um, got to stop that and uh, hope this uh, Bell kid who scored 30 against Louisville the other night. He made eight of ten uh, threes. But you know, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, PJ and Shefflin will be able to uh, score on the inside because they're uh, they're down a couple of guys inside. Benny Williams got suspended from the team uh, earlier this week. He's a six foot eight. Uh, a guy very highly regarded hadn't been that productive for him, but he he was a pretty good uh, defender. And then they had a seven four transfer from Florida State who's out for the year due to uh, due to injury. So I'm I'm kind of looking for the Tigers to be able to score um, on the inside, and certainly you know they're going to do everything they can do to stop Joe Girard. So yep. I'm uh, you know I'm hoping we'll be able to score on the inside. 
Tim, can't thank you enough for your time today out there in Phoenix. Uh, enjoy the rest of your trip, and uh, can't wait to talk to you when you get back. Tim Bray from the Clemson Athletic Network and NBC Sports. Enjoy the Phoenix Open, Tim. We'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Go Tigers. Thank you. Take care. Tim Beret. Always uh always excited though for, for Clemson basketball when he's in Phoenix. I guarantee you he'll be doing everything he can to watch every every moment of that game tomorrow, depending on what time he has to be at the course. But uh we'll we'll dive a little deeper into this game, Mike. We'll take a look at Clemson and Syracuse. Tim brought some really good points there, what the Tigers have to do. So uh we'll we'll take a look at that. Jason Priester coming up in hour number two. You don't want to miss that around ten twenty five. From com and Mark Whiteman in hour three. Still time for you to get in, though. 654 Roar. We'll take some calls after this. WCCPFM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.